everyone and welcome to Time of the Month. I'm Laura Dygan and joining me as ever is my co-host and friend Linda Pollock. Hello Linda. Hi Laura, long time no speak, how are you? Oh I am well, this is it. It's um, actually it's been a wee while since we've had a podcast between Covid and holidays um, from both of us. Uh, we've, um, yes, it's been a wee bit of a while. Um, but that's okay, that's fine. It's uh, Things always seem to kind of be a wee bit quieter anyway in the summer. And I think it's important that we're kind to, you know, to ourselves. And, you know, be like, well, this is this is life as it is. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and I know it's been really, I mean, June for me was just crazy. I had a, a couple of weeks off in May because my dear friend was over from the US and we toured around Ireland and Scotland. And I come back and I haven't stopped since. And I thought, oh, July will be quieter. Well, the first week in July has been a nightmare. And what are we in this? Are we in the third week or second week? Whatever this week is anyway, it's been a bit quieter. Third week. Third week. Well, so the first two weeks have been crazy. But now, thank God and all the angels, it's a bit quieter. Yeah. Because with this hot weather, I don't think I could be running about like a dafty. No, so, no. I know I'm the same myself because I was I had COVID and and then I was in Israel and you know yeah. and that was such a blessing and then coming back and I, I like you I feel as if I've just not stopped but this week you know praise the Lord it is just a wee bit uh, quieter and again it is um, I think everybody will know when we're recording this because it is whenever we are sweltering yes. <laughs> sweltering today and in, in um, central scotland it is a um, 32 degrees wow. um so so yes it was a uh, my, my poor horses were uh, struggling yesterday so I they were yeah. yeah and the dogs as well actually even the cats like my house is like really cool but even the cats have struggled in the heat mm. it's um and they, they keep saying about how this is going to be the new norm for us. And that actually makes me like, oh, I'm a wee bit worried about that. It's concerning, isn't it? Yes. I, on Sunday, I was, um, the lecturer was Amos. Um, for the past couple of weeks, I've been doing Amos. And look at signs and visions. And I don't know why we're not reading the signs that are so clear about global warming. It is it, it it's screaming at us, Linda. The signs are screaming at us and we're still we're still oblivious. And mm. I really do hope and pray. Um and people were saying yesterday on like the news, you know, like scientists were saying, like we hope and pray that this is the wake-up call that we all need now to actually it won't be. It won't be. not until somebody very in inverted commas important dies mm. uh, of the heat related yes um but humankind we don't always pay attention and even we do pay attention we mostly can't be bothered until it hits us in our own back backyard that's yeah. the thing isn't it yeah. i know but, but, but apart from that i mean like my wee sister for example she loves the heat because she's riddled with arthritis and oh. the rain and cold she can hardly move but with this warm she would love to move somewhere like the Channel Islands or Mallorca because of the heat. Yes. Uh, this reminds me this morning when I went out, it reminded me of living in New York and how I would go out and turn my engine on and put the air conditioning on high and then come back into the house and get a cool drink and wait for my car to cool down and then go out again. 
you run <laughs> the car basically. Um, but I think if we're going to go forward this way, we need to make massive adjustments. And 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 by adjustments, I'm not simply saying it aircon. I'm talking about how we live. Yes. I mean, we're just playing, really, aren't we? At, at taking care of the earth. Yes, I think so. And I think we've currently got the excuse of the, you know, the cost of living crisis. You know, for us to be, you know, sticking to our old ways. Yeah. But I think a time comes when we really do need to be paying attention and, and acting. Yeah. Uh, and if we're doing it together, you know, it will be painful, but actually if we do it together and for the good of our, you know, our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, yes. um, it's uh, and our brothers and sisters around the world just now, then it's... Uh, That's it's, the scary part, isn't it? How they're all being impacted too. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, Linda, it's just the two of us um, mm-hmm. this today because it's the summer holidays and so many of our friends are, are away and it was quite difficult to tie people down at a time, especially whenever me and Linda were a bit like, well, we're a bit <laughs> frazzled ourselves, like, yeah. time-wise. Um, so it's just ourselves today. And today we are talking about, yeah, I was, this is a bit, a bit left field, you know, so some people might be like, who is this character? The Witch of Endor. So, Linda, Ooh. could you tell us a wee bit about The Witch of Endor? Well, if you want to read the story, you need to read First Samuel. And I would encourage you to read um, all of it, the whole of the book, because, well, at least the first, the first 18, 19, 20 chapters. I don't know how many chapters there are, having said that. But it's all about King Saul and how uh, he interacted with a woman who was known as a medium or a channel for, for dead people. And he wanted to basically contact Samuel the prophet. Samuel had died and he was buried in his hometown of Ramah. And uh, all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but the Philistines came and camped about, about oh, 20 miles away from the border of Israel. Mm-hmm. And the Philistines army, 3,000 thereabouts, Maybe I've got that number wrong, but a big army anyway. It doesn't think, don't think it gives a number of the Philistine army. But when Saul went down and saw the army, he had he had men of his own, his own army of 3,000. And he saw the Philistines, he was terrorized. So he thought, who am I going to speak to? And the awful sad thing is that Saul was no longer being spoken to by God. So he tried to get God to speak to him through dreams, through the Urim and Thummim. And he also tried the prophets, but nobody would speak. And of course, with Samuel, the prophet of God dead, Saul was beside himself and didn't know where to turn. Um, if you read the text earlier, it talks about how God took his spirit away from Saul. So you can yeah. imagine what that must be like, the most awful, awful thing. Um, and so Saul wanted to consult dead Samuel. And although mediums, um, anything of the occult had been banned because of the, the Levitical law, um, Saul basically banned them all and he went, and he had his men find this woman. And Endor is about four miles. It was about four miles from where the Philistine, Philistine army was camping. So he was taking his hands, his life in his hands, and he disguised himself, took two men and went to this woman. And he asked basically to, for her to call up Samuel. Mm-hmm. And the woman did. And she was completely terrorized when the spirit of Samuel appeared. Now, some interesting technicalities in there. Where when, when Saul asked her, who, who is it, who is it that has terrorized you? She said, Elohim. And of course, in the pagan world, Elohim is plural for gods. Yes. 
but Elohim is one of the names we we call God, like Yahweh. Yes. Jehovah. Um, and so she was completely terrorized by the spirit of Samuel. And well, the rest, as I say, is history. Samuel told Saul, you've sinned against God again. And this time tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me in the land of the dead or the world of the dead. Um, so lots and lots to talk about in this, this uh, story. Um, we could go down lots of different avenues. What, what, what struck you about the story? Um, uh, actually, there was what struck me was, um, you know, that he's that a that he seeks he seeks out someone, you know, he seeks out a medium, and also that the fact that she seems really surprised that 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 Samuel or whatever this mm-hmm. entity is actually appears, mm-hmm. and so you wonder. You know, is she just one of these kind of wee wise wifeys, you know? Aye, aye. Um, that, you know, people call a witch. Um, and that, and we do know that, um, you know, throughout history, um, these wee wise women that know their, that know their herbs and their, their medicine mm, and mm. Um, might be able to, like, read tea leaves and stuff like yes. that, um, you know, might not be quite as um, malevolent as you know you would think you know there's like more of an innocence to it um or you know is she really like so powerful that 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 she then is able to you know bring up you know samuel mm-hmm. or something resembling samuel um and as this as this god actually you know speaking through this mm-hmm. woman that there seems to there's a lot of questions around this mm-hmm. you know um, and the text doesn't, um, I don't know, I think the text leaves it quite ambiguous. I'm trying to agree with you. Um, I think for most of us today, um, I think we would go down the road of, uh, oh, this is a cult, this is evil, this is wicked, and focus on all of that, rather than when we read this story, actually we see that God sent an evil spirit um, and God withdrew his Holy Spirit from Saul. And I w- I'd be more inclined to go down the road of asking, what was all that about? And, and how, did, how, did Saul, how did Saul process his fear? Because when you go back to the, the early days in 1 Samuel, it wasn't long after um, David was anointed that Saul became incredibly resentful of him. It was that, you know, that bit where the, they're singing about when, when David slaughters uh, the Philistine giant Goliath, um, and the people celebrate and sing. Saul has slaughtered thousands. David has tens of thousands, and that's where the wee seed of jealousy starts. And that wee seed of jealousy grows. Yes. And that's really, I think that I would go down the road of, of asking what's behind it all, rather than the excitement or the the fear of um, a cult. I, I would go down the road and what 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 started all this off, and it was the jealousy and the mm-hmm. jealousy. Anthony DeMello says, every choice we make in life comes from one of two places. I'm sure I've said this before. Yes. Love or fear. Yeah. If Saul could have embraced that David killed Goliath, Saul brought him into his court and looked after him like a son. And then David was anointed because of Saul's faithlessness. Because I think the spirit first was withdrawn from Saul when he uh, failed to obey God over the Amalekite um, battle when he Although he killed Agag, the king, 
he allowed his people to take the spoils of war. And when Samuel confronted him in this, Saul lied and said, basically, well, no, we're going to give the sheep that you can hear bleating and the cows you can hear mooing. We're going to give them a sacrifice to God. And Samuel hits him right between the eyes and says, but that's not what God asked you to do. Yeah. And so, of course, then he's honest. And then he says to Samuel, I, you're right, I'm sorry. I was afraid of what the people would say. And that's a lesson, I think, for all of us. Because our integrity, first and foremost, is for God and in God and with God and through God. And but fear is a terrible, 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 crippling thing and powerful thing, mm-hmm. you know. And people yeah. like you and I in the positions of leadership, it's very hard not to be swayed by the people who don't want to upset them, don't want to hurt them, don't want to offend them. When we've been given a message that might be really hard for them to hear, but we've got to nevertheless be be honest. Yes. Mm-hmm. I and what I find quite what as well it's his fears making them kind of look elsewhere you know he's and you can like solve that he's desperate for god he's desperate absolutely desperate but instead of looking within looking within himself you know like getting to a place where like well why am i not hearing god what what why maybe i need to maybe i need to repent or something you know maybe i need to just kind of put myself before God and mm-hmm. you know let him know that I'm sorry but he seems quite oblivious to his own you know his own self and his own he, needs and yeah. and then so it's like he's seeking solutions elsewhere he's looking for others to be able to um you know intervene on his behalf yeah, when I was reading the, the round this wee story, um, he did say to, to Samuel, when Samuel caught him out in the lie, he did say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. let me come and worship with you and don't make me look shamed in front of all the people. Again, it was the people he was afraid of. He didn't want uh-huh. to be shamed. And, and that speaks to his pride as well, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Um, I, think, I think, I don't know, who am I? I can't judge the man, but I have to judge all that I have in front of me. And the text tells us that, that God had withdrawn a spirit, and that would make me surmise that it wasn't a genuine repentance. Yes. And a couple of times that, that the story says that he, he said sorry but and begged, but again, you don't know. You, all you've got is the text, and we can surmise and make it up and, and offer alternatives. But I think you're right. And I think and it's I that way, I think, because it's not. it wasn't public, Linda. You know, he was able to kind of keep it, it to, you know, for you, if he was doing it in public for people to see, he's making himself vulnerable. He yeah. has to really mean it because people are then going to hold him accountable after it. But in that space and time, he's still able to kind of keep keep things secret from most people and yeah. then just go ahead and continue to do what he likes. So that's yeah. how I think he's repentance. He's, he wasn't really sorry. You know, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. The fact that he hadn't done it in front of the nation. Because they're, you know, I think it's important that his, if he'd said to the people, you know, you can't have those animals after Samuel had confronted him, that would have been an indication that he was sorry genuinely. Yeah. It's interesting stuff, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it really is. And it's that way, I think, if it was, it because he's the leader. He's the leader of the yeah. nation. He's setting the example. And if he's not calling people out publicly, you know, and, and also first. himself, first that's yeah. that he's self yeah. first um and then he's he's 
leading others astray as well. And and that's probably where God's unhappy with them. Mm-hmm. And probably thinking, oh, they keep giving you chance after chance. After. Yeah, yeah. And and also it's then he's dragging, you know, and he can t- even in this story, he continues to drag others, you know, down with him. You know, so thoughts, this yeah. woman didn't, you know, she's like, you tricked me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so for people, it's actually in it's first Samuel, if you want to read it. It's First Samuel chapter 28, and it's verses 3 to 25. Um, and uh, But, like, she knows that she shouldn't be practising that. Yeah. And so he says to her, oh, well, it's okay. You know, like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get you into trouble. But, again, so there's this hypocrisy. There's this double standard. And it's like, oh, well, it's not all right for everybody else. It's not really all right for you, but because I'm asking, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. And and so this is it's it's actually leading he he is leading somebody into sin. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but again, it's the fear, isn't it? Yes, fear, right, and that's it. She can't say no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she's. Well, she doesn't person. know. She doesn't know he's King Saul. She could have said no. So I don't know, maybe maybe he gave her a big purse. Yes. Um, you can speculate. Or or maybe she's she's I when I was reading this, I thought of the this TV series Merlin. You uh-huh. know, the king had banned witchcraft and sorcery. And uh-huh. people still practiced it. And I'm sure they still practiced it in, in those days as well. Um, and it was all underground because clearly they as as men you were to find this woman. Mm-hmm. But I, and I, I mean it. It opens up the door to um, ask ourselves what the point that you've made a few minutes ago, where are we going when we should be going to God? Who are we going to when we should be going to God? I mean, I think it's easy for us to keep chopping and changes, changing churches, to keep chopping and changing friends. Instead of doing the hard work, just get on your knees, do the hard work and ask God to help you reflect and help you understand where you're going wrong. And I think that the sooner we can do that in our lives and, and the younger we are in our faith, the easier it will be to develop that habit, that practice. Mm-hmm. God already knows anyway. You know? I know. I know. That's, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi. And so, Linda, I'm wondering, what do you make of, you know, do you think it was really Samuel that, that, that was conjured up? Or... I read that, you know, some people thought it was, you know, the devil in Samuel's forum, um, you know, because, uh, you know, this kind of person wouldn't be able to conjure up mm. the Samuel. Um, well, why could you conjure up the devil if I couldn't conjure up? See, I think we give too much credence to the devil, too much power. I think that it may well have been Samuel's spirit because of the message he gave Saul. Yes. Um, uh-huh. And I think that I mean, I know that there are lots of spiritualist churches around today and lots of what people call psychics and mediums. Um, and I don't really want to get into all that. But um, I think in this story, I think it is Samuel, the spirit of Samuel, because there's no reason why God wouldn't permit that when God permitted Elijah and Moses to come to Jesus on the transfiguration. Yes. For purpose. Uh-huh. So that, that statement opened up a whole raft of doors then to, um, well, is it okay for me to go to a, a seance and 
conjure up the spirit of my mother or my father. I need some comfort. I, I don't know is the answer. Um, I do know for me, um, but I don't know for you or anybody else. And if someone came to me in the church and asked me about it, I don't think I would have a very easy answer. I think I would have to take considerable time and conversation and wait upon God. But um, I don't think, I don't think, I know God is not a God of harm. I know that um, God protects me from me often mm-hmm. and from my own behavior. Um, and I've never gone to a spiritualist or a seance or anything like that. So I don't know. Um, but I do know people who have gone to spiritualist churches and they've been very aware of the presence of God and very grateful for the, the word they received that day. And I know people in my own family will go to a medium or a psychic, they call it, um, maybe once every 10 years just to check in with mum. But mm-hmm. I don't think I need to do that because I know my mum is here all the time having a blather with me. Yeah. Know, I talk to my mother most days, you know. But I do believe... I believe that God will take anything, be it good, bad, or indifferent, and God will will uh, turn it upside down, inside out, back to front, in order to deliver God's goodness, God's grace, and God's mercy. Um, and I know a lot of folk make millions on scaring people to death in the kingdom about the devil and the power the devil has. Um, but what I would simply say is, goodness is stronger than evil. Light yes. vanishes the dark. Um, and, and our God, when we turn to God and rely on God, God will never never walk away or, or abandon us. God will always, it might take a wee while for us to receive that answer that we need or that wisdom. Um, but there's 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 learning to be done in that waiting. So what what do you think? Do you think it was the spirit of Samuel or do you think it was Samuel? Who, who what? Uh, do you know, Quay, I I I think Samuel was able, was at times powerful and able to get through, you know, um, you know, like to actually make sense, you know, to, to him, you know, like what it, it really was like in life, you know, um, and Samuel said it like it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. It like it was, and there's something in there that it seems it there's a seems to me that I, it could well very well be Samuel, mm. um, you know, um, but it's it I don't know. It's like you you think ah, oh, I just find it's it's not clear, um, mm. but then that's you know that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, for us to kind of mull over and. Mm. be able to you know explore it especially at different times in our lives yeah. um but it's there's a real there's a real complexity and i think Saul's denial of like his own his own kind of transgressions his own like what he's done in his life to, to take away that voice, um, you know, a God, to take himself, like how, and so, I don't know, it's just, it really, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's more like what, it could be like what he's manifesting, you know, mm-hmm. um, in his own mind or or what he's projecting. It's just, it's so, that that's something actually then that leads us down a whole other path. Gosh, I mean, the whole paranoia that he was experiencing, 
you know, um, David was trying to kill him and, and how he tried to pin him against the wall with his spears, you know, how Saul tried to pin David against the yes. wall with his spears. Uh -huh. And then that, 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 one of my favourite stories is when Saul's relieving himself in the cave and David's yeah. and he, he isn't aware. You can imagine what was going on, the noises that were being made. Maybe he was constipated or something, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, it's the way it is. Everybody it happens to everybody. Um, yeah, so so then Saul recants and says, no, I'm wrong, I shouldn't be hunting these down. But then he goes right back to being the yes. paranoid man. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I can't imagine what life would be like without God. I mean, I know I've, I've been in wilderness experiences where I've just felt God has been um, far from me, but not because God chooses to walk away because of whatever I'm, I'm going through that dark night of the soul. Uh -huh. but I, I know how painful that is. And, and yet I know, I know in my intellectual self that God will not and cannot abandon me. Mm -hmm. And I just, it must've been the most horrendous experience for Saul to, yeah. for this God, this intimate, beautiful God who, who just adores us to, to take himself away from Saul. And I, actually, and the same thing was prophesied by Amos. It's just fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. that, people there would be a famine of Yahweh's voice and I, I can't imagine how how the church capital C how we would cope if God took his voice and give us a famine and maybe that has happened in the past maybe it's happening now but I just know that trying to live for me for you without this awareness of the the beautiful gentle holy strong powerful spirit is just it just must be awful and I don't know how people live without God I know and we are quite often when we are having these discussions in time of the month Linda I always kind of you know really will see where I can you know tease things out of the character you know that we're looking at you know the yeah. women the yeah. women that's you know without a voice or yeah. you know a yeah. woman without a name or, and what has really, really struck me this time when I've been, you know, looking into the Witch of Endor, when I've been studying it, it's like I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that because all I can think about is Saul, yeah, and yeah. actually how he's, mm -hmm. I how lost he is, yeah, it's, yeah. it's how lost he is, mm -hmm. and and then that me, and then you think, well, I am, um, you think you think it wouldn't probably matter who it was. It could have been a man that yeah. he had um, went to, you know, it could have been like, you know, a sorcerer, a male yeah. sorcerer. Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered. He would he was still he was still looking for somebody. And yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. He would still have treated them the same way. Yeah. Um he would have tricked them um just because he was so lost. You know, I think he's like so in denial about what I found interesting too about the woman um, was that she she did the ancient Near Eastern practice of hospitality. She insisted that he stay and she made bread and she made the, uh, cooked a fatted calf. And so that gave me hope for her. Yes. It gave me hope that God isn't distant from her and he God allowed her to be his vessel, the conduit, the medium. Yeah. for Samuel's, for God's message to come to Saul. Even though it was a horrible, hard message, it was a truthful message. And and her horror that um, 
Saul had tricked her. It tells me something about her. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm with you. I just was so overcome with his grief, Saul's grief and Saul's desperation. But what I also want to say is that you see in the Old Testament places where God removes God's self. And yet, thanks be to God in the New Testament. Um, and in the Old, we see God coming back time and time again. Book of Judges is a classic example. But in the New Testament, God himself in Christ Jesus comes. And that can't, that won't happen because of his mercy. And, and every time, grace and mercy tra- trumps and triumphs judgment. And I love that. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't give us doesn't give us permission to simply do what we want or just see see Jesus as our salvation insurance policy. I mm-hmm. think that's just ridiculous and irresponsible. Anybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus, if they're so consumed with Jesus being their own personal savior and they forget that he's the creator, sustainer of all that is, was and is to come, that he he spoke at the beginning and creation happened. I mean that's just I love that he will come close to us mm-hmm. and he'll allow us to, to to error, to err, to make errors, to screw up royally over and over and over again. And still he comes back and he pursues us. He says, come on, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we've just got, we've only got a couple of minutes left, Linda, yeah. um, uh, to the end of the podcast. Um, but, do you know, I was thinking just what we were talking about, I know how we like to talk about something, you know, modern, you know, something happening in our own time just now. And I think, you know, we were touching on it there at the beginning, you know, when we were chatting at the beginning about climate change. Yeah. And I actually think, actually, we could just look at Saul and see actually this situation that we have got ourselves into with mm. climate change yeah. um and you know it's like we're, this being in denial you know just doing our own thing ignoring you know <laughs> ignoring all the signs mm, yeah, um yeah. and actually not properly truly repenting um and like maybe what we should be doing is actually publicly you know encouraging each other you know, to actually let's all act, you know, let's let's act for, you know, for the, the good of the world yeah. and actually start doing things mm. uh, and not just, and, and calling things out whenever they're not right mm. and not just letting it, you know, letting things go because we don't want to upset people. Well, that's it. And I think too, um, as well as the climate change, I absolutely agree with you on that. The other thing that comes to me is this leadership um, race and just how slick it they all are and how they'll stab each other, not even in the back anymore, but right in the front of their chest. Oh, yes. In order to get their power. And I, I think that we're not getting to choose our prime minister. The Conservative Party's choosing the prime minister. And I don't want to go into party politics, but what I do want to say is when it comes time for us to have a general election, we need to be voting for what's good for us all. Not mm-hmm. what's good for, for my bank balance or what's good yes. for my tax or what's... Mm-hmm. We need to be voting for what's good for the planet, what's yes. good for our country, what's good for the weakest and most vulnerable. Otherwise, we're just like Saul taking advantage of people like the Witch of Endor and causing yeah. them to fall into sin, you know? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. That's it. And, and, that, and he trust that the people that are leading us have got integrity, you know? 
Well, surely lacking, isn't it? Well, mm -hmm. At the minute, but but God can redeem that as well. God, yes, give thanks for that. Uh huh. Yes. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion, Linda. Um, really, I've really enjoyed it, and I hope that all our listeners will um go and um read First uh, Samuel twenty eight. And it'd be really wonderful in the comments section on the website and on Facebook if you could let us know what you think about um, the Witch of Endor, about anything that's actually like came up for you in this time, and like what you think about Saul as well within this. And if maybe you were like us and really quite, you know, taken along with Saul um, and and whenever you were reading it, and we will be back again next month. Um, we will see you then. We will be back sooner, so we will. Uh, and so we will see you then. So bye for now. Bye. Have a good one.